Hello everyone, welcome to Faster Stronger Orange. I'm your host Kevin Wall and today we're going to be talking about Syracuse Cross Country. And so joining me is my former teammate and friend Chris Getman. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Well, thank you for coming. So Chris, uh, we're recording this the night before Syracuse's uh, A-team will take the toe the line in the coast-to-coast -coast battle in Beantown. So we wanted to give people, Orange fans, a little bit of perspective of what they might see from the cross-country teams in 2019. And we'll start it off with the women. Yeah, there was a lot of movement with the women's roster since last season. Uh, most notably, they've added uh, Amanda Vestry, the transfer from uh, Iowa State. Uh, you know, great track credentials, and you know, some are projecting her to be a top 15 NCAA finisher. Um, you know, you've noted that, you know, we're in the post Malone era for the women. So yeah. that's one of the best headlines of the fall, I think. Um, you know, the loss of the Malone sisters is, you know, is a huge impact to the women's program. And, you know, they've, they've done a great job filling some of those voids with adding Amanda Vestry. They're also adding, uh, Jordan Jacob, the graduate transfer from Boise state. And some of the underclassmen have stepped up. Uh, Rachel Bonner had a great 5K and outdoor track, and uh, Abigail Spears ran a you know, you know, really competitive 1500, and is also you know competitive at a 5K. So I think you know there's some movement in the roster, but they're you know they're just as competitive right. uh, as last year. So what was interesting to me is you know I talked with Paige right before outdoor track, and we were wondering what the outlook was going to be for the teams as we uh, headed into that post-Malone era. But without the Malones, uh, without Paige Stoner, you know, there was going to be a lot of pressure on Rachel Bonner and Laura Dickinson uh, to kind of lead the teams. And getting Amanda, who not only you mentioned some of her track credentials, but she has competed at the NCAA championships in cross country her first two years. And so um, she's from just outside Rochester, so kind of returning home for her. And that's a big boost, I think, to this, uh, what I would consider a younger team, because I think it gives them someone to uh, kind of uh, take some of the pressure off, uh, Laura and Rachel. And so how do you think that helps the other runners come in when you have someone who's got that experience? And she's probably familiar to a lot of the runners. Um, you know, the Syracuse women don't have a lot of upstate New York runners, um, but you know, some she may be someone that uh, is familiar to some of the underclassmen. But like, you know, I, like you said, Laura Dickinson really turned it on towards the end of last year, and having another person to run with, to train with, has got to help her outlook, you know, long term. Uh, and also, you know, Madeline Davis Davison as a senior, just filling out that depth has got to help their training morale. Right, you know, and it, when we get to the men, we'll talk about the men have a lot of young depth, and the women's team only had a couple of recruits last year and a couple of recruits uh, coming in this year. So I think those additions that you mentioned, um, Jordan Jacob, who comes from Boise State as a grad transfer, adding that sort of veteran experience and into the depth. Now, right now, the team is a top 25 team, but only fifth in the Northeast region. And so the top two teams qualify out of the region, and then others at large. So how do you think Syracuse, the women, stand at getting back to NCAs as a team this year? Yeah, they're going to face some traditional um, challenges from, from Dartmouth. And I think right now in the regional standings, Dartmouth and Boston College are listed slightly ahead of them. Um, 
and you know we don't see teams like Providence, who we typically see dominate the Northeast region right there right now. Um, but you know, I think they just missed it last year. They uh, fell a little short going as a team, and I think that you know maybe that'll motivate them for this this fall in, in nineteen. Yeah, and I think uh, the Boston race, which, uh, you know, this episode will probably go up after, so we'll be able to kind of give people an idea of result. Um, we'll be telling because they should see some of those regional opponents early on and get a good idea of wh where they stand um, as the season kicks off. Yeah, that race uh, tomorrow in Boston will be loaded with Northeast teams, um, and there are a couple other teams from outside the region that will be showing up to test them for sure. Right. So as we get away from the region, though, and back into the ACC, would you agree that NC State, um, pretty clear-cut favorites uh, to win the team title again this year? Well, I, I think Notre, the Notre Dame women are definitely posing a threat to NC State. Um, you know, on paper, if we just looked at the, the last year's cross-country results, it might be... Um, you might see NC State as a clear-cut favorite, but the progression of some of those athletes in outdoor track and, you know, leading into this fall season, you know, if you track some of the 5K times and 10K times from some of the Notre Dame athletes, they're really catching up and they're building out their depth to be more competitive, if not as competitive as NC State. Right. Um, anyone else that folks should be looking at in the ACC? I know Syracuse, they really surprised a lot of people last year, the women, uh, by finishing third. Um, great races from, um, yeah, I think it was Rachel Bonner right. and Abigail Spears. They really they really showed up last year, the ACC meet, yeah. you know, as well as Laura Dickinson and, and, and Madeline Davison. Yeah, Madeline Davison was 23rd, so she had a really strong uh, conference meet last fall. Yeah, Syracuse returns two out of the top. Or, no, Laura Dickinson is the top returner for Syracuse from the ACC meet. She was 11th, and Notre Dame and NC State have a have a, a pair of runners that will be up, you know, are anticipated to be up there. So if Syracuse can pair up, uh, you know, another one or two runners with Laura and maybe it's Amanda that's in there, um, right. that can make the scoring interesting. Yeah. So where do you, where do you think Vestry kind of slots in in terms of individual runners in the conference? You know, if you were to go off of some of the projections, you know, she's projected to be a you know top fifteen runner, um, and that would put her, you know, right up there with Ellie Hennis and and Dorcas Wasiki from Louisville um, and Anna Roar. Anna Roar, you know, anyone that's watched her from race, you know, Anna's from Notre Dame, and she'll be a senior. She loves to run from the front, and that's kind of intimidating, but. I think Amanda could be right in that mix with with Ellie and uh, Jackie Gone from Notre Dame. She's a you know sophomore this year. She's really turned it on you know from her track results and is expected to be up there you know to compete in the top five. Right. So I think um, you know last year North Carolina State won by one point in the women's, and I think you know it's it's shaping up to be another close contest on that side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're. There really wasn't a lot of, uh, not a lot of runners were lost to graduation on either side. Um, uh, I think Notre Dame may return their top runner, and you know NC State returns uh, their top runner, Ellie Hennis and Anna Roar. So 
respectively, they're gonna they're gonna be deep and they'll they'll have strong teams. So a successful season for Syracuse to you would be making it to NCAA's top three at ACCs. I can see that on there as one of their goals. Uh, you know, making it to the NCAA meet where they weren't there last year has got to be you know an, an accomplishment for sure. And you know, top three at the ACC meet as well. You know, the ACC meet is re- is becoming very deep and very competitive. As you know, you know the ACC has added a couple high-profile coaches in yes, the offseason, which is is going to start to turn the culture into a pretty competitive conference. Yeah, it, it's almost it's, like uh, the the distance is going to be like women's soccer and men's soccer, where you're going to see top 25s just loaded with ACC schools. Absolutely, and even some of you know individuals and in some of the uh, outlying programs that are competitive you'll see that on the men's side right we talk about that. yeah so that's a that's a great transition so let, let's talk about the the Syracuse men and um you know I, I spoke last spring with Aiden Tooker who was injured in outdoor um uh, but you know he shared that the, the team took the loss to Notre Dame uh pretty personally um obviously you don't want to be the team that breaks a string of, of conference championships like happened last year and he shared that the they use that as motivation, and so every time they were matched up with a, a Notre Dame runner in indoor and outdoor, there was a lot of um, internal kind of drive and in competition to beat the Notre Dame runners whenever they had an opportunity. Um, so he sounded pretty motivated. Aiden, obviously, in his last season, going to be looked upon to, as a team leader this year. Yeah, it'll be great to see Aiden out there healthy again, leading that team. Uh, again, he's one of the top projected individual runners in the country. Uh, on paper, you know, looking at his track 5K time, his, his steeple performance outdoor track uh, two years ago where he was an All-American, um, he's a you know clear-cut leader. You know, followed closely with Joe, Joe Dragon. Um, you know, Another thing, you know, looking at the progression of a lot of the Syracuse runners, their outdoor 5K times from 2019, they're extremely deep. They have eight runners or who've run 14:20 or faster, right. and that that does, um, I, I think that does match up very well, if not better than you know some of the depth that that Notre Dame has. Notre Dame, they've recruited very well the last two years. They've had some individual, um, you know, success, and you know, of course, they won the ACC meet last year, so they're going to look to repeat that. Yeah, right now they seem to be the team to beat. Um, and then some early projections have Florida State, um, and Florida State, NC State. Sorry, um, actually up in in there ahead of Syracuse, and so I think it's going to be on the men's side a little bit more of uh, more than a two team contest this year. Um, so it'll be interesting how the Syracuse guys can place. But you, you, you mentioned Joe Dragon. Uh, the Daily Orange did a profile of him. He's someone that has kind of quietly emerged. Now, last year he was um, right behind Aiden. He was ninth at ACC's, um, eighth at the Northeast Regional. And, you know, like the most of the Syracuse guys, they didn't have a great NCAA meet <clears throat> last November. Um, but Joe's really stepped up and could be that guy who could form that one-two punch with Aiden. Yes, yeah, Syracuse has had that in the past where they've been able to front load, you know, get two to three runners in the top ten 
you know, last year they had that as well. Um, their fourth and fifth runners slipped a little out the back. Um, but I think, you know, that sophomore class that they've recruited, they recruited a couple of years ago, um, is showing a lot of promise, especially with their outdoor 5k times. Right. Again, looking at the times that, um, uh, Scrape and Beverage ran. Uh, they're both, you know, in the low 14s. And one thing I noticed uh, from the recent Harry Lang meet at Colgate, the times that they ran there are faster than Syracuse's run in the last six or seven years. Right. For that six and a half K course. So if that's any indication, um, they were running faster than, you know, the teams that, you know, were podium and NCAA winners. Uh, four years ago, so that sophomore class is looking to you know round out that fourth and fifth uh, man for the for the team for sure. Yeah, one of the things that struck me at looking at the team, you mentioned depth, and um, you know it's not only the sophomore class, but you've got Simon Smith and Kevin James who have been in the program for a while, and Dom Hockenberry, and and Dom since he got to Syracuse has been kind of pegged by. Um, teammates and, and former teammates as a guy who's just built for 10k cross country on the grass um has performed well at regional meets um but kevin james and, and simon smith had that experience nathan henderson's in his third year in the program and james last year was 12th henderson was 19th at acc so even though syracuse overall didn't feel they had a great meet um, they had some individuals who had strong performances last year um what happens with a group when we're talking probably what, uh, realistically, you could have 10 guys competing for the last four or five spots in a, in a top seven. So what does that do for a team when you have that sort of competition internally? Yeah, you would hope that competition doesn't become self-defeating where you know injuries occur or um, certain athletes get frustrated. Um, you know, in the past, Syracuse has had great success with the depth and the atmosphere and the, and the camaraderie to, to bring people along. You know, we've seen great success with, you know, improvement, and uh, that's been one of the hallmarks of Syracuse is bringing the athletes along, bringing the, the 905, the 910 guy to a 14 flat, you know, by sophomore, junior year. Or, and like you said, you know, it's not, it isn't just the sophomore class. It's the juniors like Kevin James and Nathan Henderson and, and Simon Smith, who are were plugging in those gaps. And so one of those sophomores we didn't talk about either is uh, Michael Phillips, who last year was at the U.S. Junior Cross Countries, finished eighth um, while he was in his redshirt season, then, and then indoors turned in a 402 mile. Um, I know Aiden mentioned that he was going to be training with Michael in Florida a little bit this summer, so curious what you think we might see from him in, in his sort of first collegiate cross country season. Yeah, it was interesting. We we uh, we bumped into him as we were leaving the Wisconsin. He was out there to see the team, um, and we asked him if he had watched it. And he said, you know, I, I think uh, just by watching the men last year, I think he was motivated to get out there and run. Um, yeah, as you know, he he got very close to to a four minute mile or sub four minute mile indoor. He had a a solid outdoor season and he, he comes from a track background. His mother's the, the head women's coach at Florida state. And I, I think he knows the sport in and out. And I think he's going to be committed to, you know, to produce results. He's, he's got the leg speed and even showing that he can add at the distance in there. So he's going to be another a talented addition to that roster. Great. 
based on how the team finished last year, were you a little surprised they were ranked as high um, in the top 15 in the coaches' poll? I think they've earned the, you know, you know, second in the ACC meet and then, um, you know, winning the, the Northeast region. I think that merits that attention. You know, I would imagine that the, the team was disappointed with the NCAA performance. Um, and there were some people that had, had an off day. I know there were some injuries and people coming back from surgeries and, right. and things like that, that, that factored into that team performance. But, you know, the hard work that they've done over the last 10 years, I think, has merited, a, you know, visibility among the great programs in the country. Um, it's not easy to hold that, but they've, I think, through recruiting and through regional and conference performances, they've proven that they're in the same conversation. Yeah, I found it interesting that the coaches rank them higher than uh, places like Flow Track and the Stride Report. And I always find it interesting because you figure coaches have a little bit more insight, not only on who the athletes that they have, but who was redshirted. You know, the like you mentioned, the progression and really following along. So I just thought it was an interesting sort of uh, differential. And uh, you know, one place I saw even. One of their surprise picks for the cross-country season was Syracuse men not making it to NCAAs automatically, not making it out of the Northeast Regional, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, that maybe a little bit for shock value there, but um, I think you're right. I think the the program's history has kind of warranted some of that um, respect and understanding that there's still a lot of talent here, and that uh, Brian Bell's philosophy and coaching. Um, will keep them uh, very competitive in this fall. Absolutely, yeah. They, and they've done a great job the last couple of years with recruiting, so there's no reason to think um, there would be a lapse in the near future. Right, yeah, I'm kind of interested to see tomorrow which of these young guys, and we didn't, you know, there's there's some other local um, sort of upstate New York runners at Silas Durfel and Nathan Lawler, who we didn't see much, uh, not only cross-country last year, but track as well. Um, but they were strong uh, high school cross-country runners. So really curious to see, you know, kind of what they do. Um, and I think this team uh, really has the potential to surprise some people by November. Yeah, again, you know, the key thing, staying healthy and, you know, and, uh, you know, just progressing, you know, doing all the small things throughout the season to, to keep you ready uh, or getting yourself ready for November. I think that program, or the Syracuse program, has done a great job of doing that. Um, yeah, Nathan Lawler, he was the, one of the runners in that Colgate mix um, that was under 20. And, you know, that, that six and a half K uh, distance, um, the times they showed there uh, a couple weeks ago were faster than any of the Syracuse runners the last six years. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, if Lawler and Beveridge step in there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I know after Boston, they'll go back out to Madison, Wisconsin for the Nutty Comb. And it'll be interesting to see how some of these young runners uh, show in that sort of first real major college race and just where Syracuse stands among some of the best teams in the country. Yeah, maybe that'll be one of the meets where, you know, a new, you know, a new uh, emerging uh, young runner uh, starts to show their promise. Um, right. 
and um, we haven't talked about the uh, kind of the Canadian pipeline that's that's being maintained. Also, I, I like I was like when they are, they're able to get some of the, the kids down from from Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got two on the roster now that have great you know track credentials right. for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to to kind of see, like you said, who emerges. Um, so before I let you go, though, I want to bring it back to Aiden Tooker. And and last year, um, you know, Aiden was having a strong season, kind of got derailed by the injuries outdoor. Do you think he's someone that can win an ACC individual title and be an NCAA All American? Yes, yes to both. I think Aiden, you know, his track performance uh, last year outdoor and the steeple. Um, you know, eight thirty-five in the steeplechase is nothing to sneeze at, and puts you among, you know, the top returners in the ACC. You know, uh, Peter Stoifer from uh, from Virginia Tech. Right. Um, you know, another athlete that has a lot of range, um, and uh, Zach Faccioni from from Wake Forest. I think he's in the mix, actually. Yeah. Uh, Zach from Wake Forest was second last year. He's returning. He has the same 5K PR as Aiden, um, 13.48. And, you know, we're not – this is a cross-country race, and we're not going off of track times. But, again, the, they ran them um, outdoor 19, and I, mm-hmm. I think it shows that progression where he could be among that. Right. Yeah, and then – Top Sorry. Virginia Tech's going to be hosting this year's ACC meet, so Cypher should have that sort of home course advantage and knowledge. And um, he's a guy that seems it seems like he's been at Virginia Tech for about ten years, um, just because, like you mentioned, the range. You've seen him in so many different events, and and we didn't, you know, have to mention your Nagusi, who was uh, third last year, but then um, was the NCAA outdoor fifteen hundred meter champion, and so he's someone that's certainly going to be in that pack, and. Uh, I mean, it's early, but I'm already looking forward to, you know, the ACC network coverage of the cross-country meets because I think we're going to in for some outstanding competition this year. Yeah, definitely. You know, top three returners are back. And, you know, like you said, Yaron Nagus, uh, he's a NCAA champion, 1500, and has, you know, great range. Um, and all the other athletes that are just behind him, um, it'll be... Uh, Interesting. I, you know, you know, looking back, I, I think Notre Dame not redshirting Danny Kilrea, um, they needed him last year at ACCs to win that. I mean, it was close between Syracuse, but I know Syracuse they like to redshirt a lot of the freshmen, um, and looks like Notre Dame was a little more selective about who they cho- chose to to redshirt. And with him, you know, finishing tenth, that was a uh, that was huge for them to pull off that win. Right. Right. Yeah, it was a big call. But um, Chris, I, I appreciate it. Always fun to talk with you. And uh, we're going to get you back on when we get closer to ACCs. And I think we'll do a more real dig in and do an in-depth preview of that meet. Um, but appreciate the insight and, and for your time and joining us here on Faster, Stronger Orange. Oh, thank you, Kevin. All right. Thanks. That's Chris Getman. And I'm Kevin Wall. And we'll join you next time on Faster, Stronger Orange.